Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. I had so much fun chatting with Liz. We talked about her journey, how she started her podcast, her tips for being a new mom, and how she got into CBD and what CBD is. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Liz, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to know about your story. How did you get to the place you're at right now? Any career changes you've had so far? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Sophia. This was so spur of the moment, but I think, you know, there are no coincidences in life. So I'm honored to be on your show. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about my story. Um, It really kind of, it's, it was a long time coming, honestly, because right after college, you know, I was in my 20s, I, I started applying for jobs, you know, because I didn't know what else to do. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. So I applied to be a paralegal and got it with the federal government. So I thought, oh, great. This is a great job, great benefits. You know, I can still have fun and, you know, get weekends off and all of that and was living a great life. And it wasn't until I hit motherhood, you know, in my mid twenties, late twenties, that I started to realize that, you know, I'm spending all day at this job away from my kids. And I'm not even happy here. In fact, I was unhappy. So I really started to do some deep inner work to, to discover, you know, what do I want to do with my life? How, how do I want to contribute to the world? How can I do that and still spend time with my children, you know, who were babies and needed me. And I felt so guilty dropping them off every day to go to a job that I hated essentially. Um, and so of course, you know, you can't quit your job and just do whatever you want to do. You know, you got to have to figure it out. And I didn't still know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I liked to write. I knew that I felt solace from journaling and, and having conversations with people. So I still didn't really jump into anything. It was really kind of like a two year, three year process of figuring out, you know, my place in the world. And, um, I started to blog because that's kind of an easy entry into, figuring things out, just writing. And then the blog turned into a podcast. And, um, and then I ended up going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because, you know, I had always been interested in that. And I thought that that was another great way to potentially share my gifts, you know, through the blog, what I was learning at that school, you know, I could write about it. And so it kind of just slowly evolved. And then 
the last piece of the puzzle was starting my own CBD line to kind of fund the podcast, to fund the blog, you know, to do all that. And I did all this while I was still working my regular job. So a lot of early mornings, a lot of working late, but it was never like I felt burdened by the work. I was elated and energized by the work. And so that, you know, I think was a really good sign that I was on the right path. And then, you know, fast forward, here we are today. I left my job last year, last May, and I'm still alive. So <laughs> it was a good choice. Um, and I'm just happy to happy doing this work, having conversations like this with you and, and, you know, providing people with organic CBD and, and, you know, still writing and blogging and doing all the things that, you know, energize me. And how did you come up with the term motherhood unstressed? And what does that mean to you? So, you know, when you kind of decide that you're going to have a brand, have a public persona, you know, it's smart to have, you know, a catchy name. And I was sitting on the couch with my husband one night and I was like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? What should I do? And my then, I think he was two years old, was having a complete epic meltdown. And I was like, ah, I'm so stressed. And I was like, how am I supposed to talk about, you know, self-care and motherhood when I'm probably the most stressed out person, you know, in the world. And I was like, oh, motherhood, I'm stressed. Like, this is hilarious because I'm experiencing the exact opposite, but being less stressed is the goal. So I think that that would be smart. So <laughs> it really came out of my two-year-old's meltdown and uh, in that little brainstorming session. And what's helped you become less stressed? I think ultimately it is a daily practice. Um, it, it's bringing in that self-awareness, knowing when I'm not feeling my best and then being able to step back, maybe grab my journal, maybe escape to the bathroom and take some deep breaths you know, even just a round of box breathing can rapidly bring me back to center. So breathing, yoga, uh, journaling, um, talking to my sister, talking to my friends, that kind of thing. And what gave you the idea behind the podcast? Have you always been listening to podcasts? Mm, no, actually, I started to get into podcasts because I had a friend who um, had a podcast and then a couple of the girlfriends, you know, that I was just friends with through Instagram were like, oh, I think you would really like this podcast. So podcasts like The Balanced Blonde and The Skinny Confidential, Almost 30, I started to get into those and started listening to the conversations. And, you know, during my workouts or during, you know, when I would clean the house, I would just put one on just to have something to listen to. And I ended up falling in love with the back and forth and the hilarity and just learning, you know, it's such an easy way to learn something new while you're doing something else kind of mundane and boring that I was like, Oh, this would be great. And then I was started to listen to more of them during um, my attending IIN, the Institute for Inter Integrative Nutrition. And I was like, you know, I would love to interview some of these lecturers. Like they're brilliant. They're amazing. And I want to, you know, pick their brain even more aside from just watching these lectures. So I was like, you know, I should do a podcast. Why not? You know, anyone can start one. So it, it started, started off a little interesting, a little rocky, but you know, yeah, you learn as you go. And I never for a second thought I shouldn't be doing this, or I don't want to do this, or this feels boring or like work. I never, and I still don't have that feeling. So I don't know. It's just, it really does feel like purposeful, fun work. And who was your first interview? Oh my gosh. I think, I think I've recorded about four in the same week just to get the, you know, to get like a base. Um, so my first one, I 
I think I just did like an intro interview and then of myself. And then I did one with, um, oh gosh, she was like a self-love coach, which was interesting. And, um, and then I did another one with um, an herbalist, which was really fun. And then another one with a Reiki shaman, which was really fun. So early on, I knew I wanted to get into like alternative health, kind of out there type stuff. Anything that was a little bit against the grain. Um, and I think I've kind of held to that throughout the entirety of the, of the show, like featuring people who have done things a little differently, who aren't so mainstream, but also, you know, insanely educational and, and just really empowering to the listener. And what's your favorite part of doing it, doing your podcast? Honestly, I feel like every single conversation I've had has made me a better woman, a better friend, has, has brought me some new perspective uh, that I didn't have before. Just by listening to someone else and their life story, you learn something. And that to me is the greatest life lesson. Like what's going on now in our country? The biggest thing, you know, for us to all do, I think, is to listen, you know, without interjecting our opinions and interjecting our own psychosis and our own experience. Like just stop, you know, just listen. And that is really a fast and effective way to get better and to be a better person. Well, what's like some of the most powerful lessons that you've gotten from doing the podcast? Um, I would say really being kinder to myself through speaking to these guests who have, you know, had tremendously different life experiences, hearing them, hearing, you know, how they have overcome really terrible things, really hard things, losing children, you know, losing jobs, losing partners, and uh, how they got through that and how much by being kind to themselves and how, you know, sharing, sharing their vulnerable stories and, and then standing up and doing it again and just going on with their lives, how, how they just showed me how strong they really are. And so taking those lessons and trying to incorporate it into my own life, um, they're conversations that I'll never forget. And what advice would you have for someone who's just starting to podcast right now? And you know, my best advice is to do as many of them as you can, because every time you do them, you get better. You learn something, you, you learn how to ask a question better, or you learn how to follow up with a question better, you know, and it's like, the only way to do it is to go through it. You know, I mean, going back to my earliest episodes, like I had all my questions written out. I had sent them to the guest. I had done all that. And it's like, you know, that's okay when you first start, but when you really develop your voice, your own voice, and you really develop your ear, when you can ask a question and really hear what they're saying, and then follow up with something really insightful, that's how you know you're getting better. And you know, because it's like the conversations like this just feel natural and flowing and fluid. And as a good listener, you would you would know the right next question to ask based on what they said without having to go back. Like I used to have my list I'm like, okay, they answered that. Okay. Now what, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way, but the only way you get there is by doing it again and again and again. So consistency and just, again, being kind to yourself, you know, when you mess up or you don't do it as well as you wanted to do it. And did you have any limiting beliefs before starting it? Um, you know, I, I probably thought that maybe my mom would listen to it. A couple of friends, like worried about that or worried about 
friends that I had that would judge me for kind of stepping out of the box that I was in, you know, a federal worker, you know, friend from college, you know, things like that. Like, who does she think she is? Or what is she doing? What is she trying to do? Like, is she having a midlife crisis? Like, I heard things like that, you know? (laughs) So I a little bit of fear over that. But I think the fun of it and the joy of creating something completely new and different trumped all of that, you know, like, yeah, you get a little scared. Yeah. I was like, maybe no one will listen to it, but who cares? You know, it's fun. And you get to talk to amazing people like you. And it's like, this, this makes it worth it. This is, this is awesome. And what has your health journey looked like? Have you always been into health? Have you always been healthy? You know, I've always been physically active. Um, I was always into sports, soccer, track, things like that. Um, But my diet was always pretty atrocious. And, you know, I was never overweight. I never suffered from anything like that. But I ate a lot of meat, a lot of dairy, a lot of processed foods. And I just thought that that was normal. So I never really felt I don't know, really invigorated, you know, especially like I remember eating McDonald's, you know, before a track meet, like crazy stuff like that as a high schooler that I would never do now. So it was, wasn't until after college that I really started getting serious about really good nutrition, really learning how to read a label, basic stuff like that. And then, you know, on top of that, going to IAN, learning even more nutritional theory and learning more about what's happened to our food system in America and what's really going on with that was completely mind-blowing so it's taken it's taken a long time but it's kind of like a subject that is you can't avoid it you know you have to educate yourself about it because people are not learning about this stuff in school even doctors in training you know they have what like four hours of nutritional theory in medical school like almost nothing so you really it really is upon you to learn and um happily i i have and i'm still learning each and every day because there's always new studies and new things coming out. And what does your diet look like? Um, so typically, usually I'll skip breakfast because it's like, I'm never really hungry in the morning. I'd rather just do some movement and drink some water. And then I usually eat around 11 or 12. Um, I love smoothies, not as a meal, but as an accoutrement to get some really solid nutrition. And so I always have a smoothie. Um, I don't know. I just keep it kind of basic, you know, real food as, as least processed as possible. Um, and I really attribute that to being able to lose weight after having two kids, you know, like I have the body that I had before kid, probably even better, you know, because I'm so more focused on nutrition now than ever. So, and then for dinner, you know, a healthy combo of carbs, protein, uh, lots of leafy green vegetables, that kind of stuff, everything that your mom tells you to eat. I'm trying to do that. (laughs) Awesome. And, and when you came up with um, motherhood unstressed, is your primary focus on helping mothers um, become less stressed or is that your ideal client? Yeah. So, you know, when I started my journey, I didn't really know, you know, what, what am I going to talk about? What's going to be my platform? And really, thing I came back to was my own story, you know, how I kind of got through postpartum depression, how I got my health back on track, how I turned my negative inner voice to a more positive one, a kind one. And so I think that's really what 
people who want to affect the most change can do is look back on their own lives and what they've been through and what they've learned. Um, and so that's really what it's turned into. Like, yes, it is for mothers, but it's also for anyone whose intention is to get better and, and live happier, more present, more peaceful life. Like that's really what we all want, you know? And so, yes, it's through the lens of motherhood and my story, but I think the, the lessons that I share through the guests and just the content on self-care and, and, and being healthy and being happy is really, anyone can, can benefit from that. And what advice would you give to a new mom? Go easy on yourself, you know, go easy on yourself. Cause it's not like, not only is it the hormones that are ravaging your brain and your body, it's like all of that self-doubt nobody's doing it perfectly. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing, no matter how many books they've read. Every child is different. Every child is, has its own nuances that you have to learn. So just be gentle with yourself, accept help. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say that you don't know what you're doing or that you don't know at all. Because honestly, I think people are dying to, to jump in and help, especially a new mom. And what ages are your kids? Um, five and eight. So yeah, two boys constantly running around. <laughs> I know it's fun though. Like it's awesome. It's really cool to see them grow and to see them interact with each other as like little men. You know, you can see it happening. And especially now that we've all been home for months and months, they really bonded and we've really kind of come together as a family unit. It's kind of beautiful to see. What's the biggest thing your boys have taught you? Uh, I would say patience, again, self, self-love, self-kindness, um, to know that you would do anything for another human being, like without question is, is pretty amazing. You know, you can have lovers and you can have, you know, you love your family, of course, but it's different when you have a child, like knowing you would die for that person without any kind of hesitation. I mean, that's powerful, powerful emotion and what's the biggest lesson you want to instill in them I love that question um I think I think empathy I think empathy um maybe not not knowing exactly the story of another but being willing to to listen and to always be a kind and helpful ear or hand to somebody else I think is the ultimate lesson you know because we really are all in this together we all have drastically different stories, different upbringings, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all on the same planet and we have to take care of each other. And tell me about your TEDx talk. Have you always been wanting to be a public speaker? Was that your first time speaking on a stage? What was that like? So I have a very limited experience in middle school <laughs> performing <laughs> on stage. That was probably about it though, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'd always kind of kept my eyes open for speaking opportunities. And one day one popped up on freespeakerbureau.org, I think it is. And it was for a TED talk in Colorado Springs. And I was like, oh, I'll audition, you know, why not? And um, again, it was just kind of one of those things that aligned. Um, I gave a talk on self-care and motherhood. And it turned out that the, the TEDx that day was on Mother's Day. So this was Mother's Day 2018. 18. Yeah. And so it was just like all these coincidences happening, you know, that kind of enabled me to, to slide into the docket. 
And it was a beautiful experience. The coaches were amazing. Yes, I was very, very nervous. Um, but it was the weekend itself was such a magical weekend. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Colorado Springs, but they've got like the Garden of the Gods and all this beauty, like natural beauty surrounding it. So Friday, I went to the dress rehearsal and it went off great, met a lot of great people. Saturday, went hiking at the Garden of the Gods, felt completely spiritual and in alignment and just like everything was clicking. And then Sunday gave the talk and it went, it went great. And I was just like, what is this? Like, this is just meant to be. And I think when we're really in flow and in alignment and like doing things that scare us, but are also really exciting, like magical things happen. I swear. I mean, it was just one of those weekends where it was just like, I'll never forget this. This was so beautiful. And what'd you talk about? So I talked about um, my experience of becoming a new mom and how incredibly hard that was and the lessons that I learned through that, just through, you know, making myself care the priority so that I could survive, not just survive, but thrive as a mother, as a wife, as, you know, an employee at the time. And uh, just really trying to convey that to the audience that we all need to do that, you know, so that we're all there for our work, for others, for, for, or even our own creativity to bring to the table. We need to take that time for ourselves. And how did you prepare for that speech? Did you do note cards? Did you were like, know what you were going to talk about? Did you channel? <laughs> I had a general, well, cause it, it was kind of loosely based on some of the earliest, earliest blog posts that I'd written about journaling, about working out, about meditating and how that had helped me through what I consider postpartum depression. It was never diagnosed, but it was, it was really rough. Um, so it was loosely based on that. And then I kind of just did like a general outline. And then from there did the first full speech was, which was around like 10 minutes. And then the coaches give you feedback and then you change it and then you do it again. And then, so like by the fourth or fifth time doing it, I had it, you know, you, you know what you're going to say, but one of the coaches gave me a really good tip. He was like, you know, humans, remember things with um, like destinations, you know? So like a room, if you're going through a house, like your dining room's here, your kitchen's here, your bathroom's there. And he's like, treat the main parts of your speech like rooms in the house. And so, you know, okay, I start here and then I go here and then I go here and then I go here. So you're never going to like miss a chunk because you've got it all broken up. So I thought that was kind of cool. And what helped you through being nervous about the speech? Because I knew if I didn't do it, and if I didn't do a good job, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So it's like, it's one of those times where it's like, it's now or never, like jump off the cliff, you know, it's going to be great. Like you prepare, just do it. And then it's like, and then it's done in like seconds, you know, it feels like seconds. So it's like, okay, well now what? <laughs> and how'd you meet your partner? We actually met in Las Vegas. I was on a girl's trip and he was on a bachelor party and our two groups met in this club and mixed up and we ended up talking like the whole night. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is a great person. All right, see you later. <laughs> and then um, he was, he just wouldn't leave me alone. Like a complete person who would call when, when I would never want to talk on the phone, you know, I'd just text me, you know, it's fine he would want to call and talk and he was here in Atlanta and I was in Minneapolis. So it was like a long distance conversation for months. And uh, then I ended up coming down here and 10, 11 years later, here we are. 
Did you know you were going to marry him? No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I think I was ready for a big change, a big move at that point in my life. I think it was what, 23. So I was up for anything. Um, I knew I really cared about him. I knew he really cared about me. So I thought, you know, why not again? Like, let's just see what happens. Um, but it was really a decision that I'm glad I made. I'm glad I had that, again, that courage to kind of cross that line and just try it. And tell me about CBD. What is CBD and like, how'd you get into it? Yeah. So CBD is um, just the short term for cannabidiol, which is a molecule that comes from the cannabis plant, um, hemp specifically, usually. Um, its sister plant is the, uh, what we all know is the marijuana plant. So it looks very similar to that, but it, to be legally grown in the States, it has to be hemp, which means it has less than 0.03% of THC in it. I came to try CBD not that long ago because really it hasn't been out that long. And I noticed how much it helped me downregulate my stress, how much calmer I felt, how much more grounded I felt like I wasn't snapping at the kids as quickly. I just kind of felt like I had space to breathe and to kind of think, you know, not so emotionally. Um, And so I started to learn more about it and to take it and realize, you know, this would be literally the perfect product for motherhood unstressed because it's talking about stress and anxiety and depression. And it's been so beneficial for, you know, the women that I talk to, you know, new moms, pregnant moms, nursing moms, all of that, because it helps us downregulate stress naturally. And really what it does scientifically is it works on your body's endocannabinoid system. So when that system is out of balance, you, you don't sleep as well. You have more stress. You're more anxious. You're more quick to, to anger. But when you supplement with phytocannabinoids, you feel more like yourself. You feel more like yourself when you were a kid, which is, you know, balanced, happy. It's you running around, you know, like again, like happy, you know, you're not overthinking things, getting in those traps, just feeling generally unwell. And does it make a difference what form you take? If you take it an oil or a capsule or does it make a difference? Um, It can. Yeah. So tinctures are by far um, the fastest, most bioavailable way to take it. Capsules are great, but they do take longer to activate in your system. Um, uh, vapes are, are probably actually the fastest way, but I don't like that because it does do damage to your lungs, no matter how you cut it. Like you're, you're inhaling smoke into your lungs. So I prefer the tinctures. Um, topicals are great. If you have pain, that's not going to really get into the blood barrier. It's not going to break that blood system. So that's only used if you have cramps or pain or things like that, but it's tremendously effective. Um, but if you're, I don't know, if you, any way you take it, like any, any way that you can get it into your system, it's going to be beneficial. But I think the biggest thing that I tell my clients is it takes time. You know, it's like any other supplement that you're taking, you can't expect to take it and then be like, oh, I just took a Vicodin or I just took something that's going to knock me out. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's much more subtle. Do you take it daily? Yes. Yeah. And you really don't have to take that much. Um, you know, five to 10 milligrams per day, which is like nothing to, to build up in your system over time to help you feel more resilient to stress. And like a cool thing about it, it's called, oh, hold on, edit this out. <laughs> it's, um, it, there's a name for it. Uh, it's called anandamide, 
which is also called the bliss molecule. So what it does is actually prevents the destruction of anandamide in your body from another naturally occurring protein that just eats it. So what that means is you feel happier and more resilient naturally. Your, your anandamide, your bliss, isn't being eaten by other things in your body because the CBD is blocking that. And what can you use CBD for and what can't you use it for? Like what are good things to use it for? So CBD is amazing for helping you feel more relaxed and calm. If you have a lot of anxiety or depression, I've had a lot of clients who have weaned themselves off of traditional anti-anxiety medications or, you know, depression medications. Now, again, this is something that you really want to do in conjunction with your doctor. You don't want to just be, you know, swapping out and thinking everything. You want to work with a doctor. Um, I have had a lot of people use it for um, postpartum depression, even nursing. You know, your hormones can get really out of balance with that. They said that that really helps. I've had a lot of pregnant moms use it when they get um, really bad nausea. So I even give a little to my son. He has really bad car sickness. So I give him just a drop of the peppermint tincture, knocked it out. We had we avoided all of the usual throw up, you know, in the Tennessee mountains where we were going uh, on vacation. And so that was really incredible. Um, sleep as well. It's also a great way to help you get to sleep and stay asleep. That's the biggest thing. Like helping you stay in that REM cycle is just incredible. Things to not use it for. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because you can use it for so many things. If you have real deep-seated depression where there's a real chemical imbalance, I would, you know, obviously work with your doctor. Um, open sores, things like that, would not use it on that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 really depends on the person, but it is it is such an incredible molecule. And the more that's come out out of Israel, out of South Korea, now out of the United States, now that we can actually study it legally, it's really, I think, going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. I mean, I've, I've even heard of people using it for weight loss because it actually turns white fat into brown fat, and then you're able to burn it off. So that's another incredible thing that's come out not too, it hasn't been out too long. So just more and more to watch out for and more and more to study. What is something lighting you up right now? Um, well, besides the podcast, which it's really been fun. I mean, it always is. Um, I don't know. I feel like honestly, things are pretty heavy right now. Things are pretty dark right now. Um, so conversations with friends about what we can do to make things lighter, to make things better in the world. That's really what's getting my attention right now. That's really what's lighting me up because I think we're all focused on what's going on. What happened with George, George Floyd is, is terrible. It's awful. So to take the conversation to, okay, what do we actually do about it? Instead of just say, oh, that's terrible. Like, what do, okay, what do we actually do? And then putting action behind that, that's exciting to me. What is something most people don't know about you? Um, I think probably that I'm actually really shy. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people who are in more of a public space or speakers or anything like that, you automatically assume that they're very gregarious and outgoing. And I don't know. I think that's not always the case. Certainly not in my case. What's your favorite thing that you've manifested? My children. (laughs) And the TED Talk. 
Because <laughs> I swear it was like, I've written down in my journal, like these are some goals for, for 2018 and that was on there. And then it was probably a month or two months later where that, that thing had popped up. And it's like, it's not that unusual because it's like when we focus on something that our brains automatically start, you know, figuring out how to get there and they automatically start seeing things and recognizing things that we might've glossed over before. So it's not that crazy to think that you can manifest something because your brain then is actively looking for solutions to, to what you want to achieve. And what's the biggest challenge you've overcome and how? Um, I guess that's a really hard question. I don't know. I think the ultimate challenge in my life is to take out the, the negativity, the negative self-talk that I kind of grew up with, you know, it was kind of inundated with, um, to no fault of my parents. That's just how they were raised as well. So to kind of cleanse that out of my system to kind of heal even generations before me, Um, And to bring in, you know, kinder self-talk and be gentler with myself on a daily basis and it's ongoing (laughs) is the biggest challenge that I'll continue to do and to teach my children that too. What motivates you? Uh, The work and and making an impact. You know, there are days where I'm like, I really don't want to spend an hour and a half editing this podcast and producing this content. And then I think, you know what, like this matters these conversations matter. This work matters. This is going to help. Even if it helps one woman think, think about something differently or, or conduct her life differently. That's important, you know, and that's enough of a motivation for me on my worst, you know, least motivated days. And what were your twenties like? My, I think my twenties were pretty typical. You know, I was, um, what, finishing up school, kind of figuring out my way. They lots of drinking, lots of bar hopping, lots of travel, lots of fun. Um, I had my first real breakup in my twenties that broke my heart. Uh, that was very expanding and eye opening. Um, yeah, a lot of really great memories, a lot of firsts, a lot of, a lot of learning and a lot of darkness too. And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? I would say be more patient. <laughs> be kinder to yourself. Um, your worth isn't based on how you look or what anyone else thinks of you. Um, write, write everything down into a journal if you're feeling sad talk to someone. Don't feel like you have to bottle it up because you don't. Um, just know that, you know, you keep doing the right thing, keep learning, keep putting yourself out there. Good things will happen. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you, Sophia. This is so much fun. Hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> I love asking all the hard questions. <laughs> no, they're awesome. They're awesome. Expanding. Where can people connect with you? Um, Instagram is probably the easiest way at motherhood unstressed. Um, you can also buy CBD at motherhoodunstressed.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes, please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.